Welcome to the Backyard Chat Podcast, where we equip parents to take in God's Word and live it out in their everyday life. Well, we are back for another episode of the Backyard Chat Podcast. We've been talking about hope this whole month, and our guest here with us today is such a cool friend of ours, and he has a couple names, but we're going to go by what his friends call him, and because we're friends, this is Joe Gray. So, Joe, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your precious family. So, uh, my name is Sherman Gray, but as Melissa said, all my friends call me Joe, and a little bit about myself I am a native Baytonian. I've been here all my life. My dad has been here all his life. Uh, my mom, he got her here as quick as he could. <laughs> uh, my wife is from Crosby, and it's hard to believe, but we were just going back over time, and it's like, wow, we've been together 20 years. Wow. And uh, we've been married 14 of those 20 I think if I'm wrong, she'll let me know and I'll have the mark to prove it. Um, that's like more than half your life. Yeah, that's the crazy part. I was like, God, am I even old enough to say that I've been with someone that long? But That's why I'm like, wow, because I'm like, it's like half his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she, when we got married, she was 19 and I was 21. I just turned 21. Y'all were babies. We were babies. I go back and I look at pictures and I, I say, I can't believe somebody let us get married. Like, <laughs> They should have said no. <laughs> but we have we have an amazing story. God put us together, and we came from big families. I came from a family of 10. She came from a family of five. And when we were dating, we always said we wanted five children. And then when we got married, as you do find out when you go through the ebbs and flows of life, that things don't always go the way that you plan them out in your head. And we had trouble conceiving. We went through six miscarriages, and it was it was devastating. I mean, there were times where we would pray and just ask God, like, why us? And I know they say, don't question God, but sometimes you go through those things and you just kind of, you know, you want, you want to have that Job moment where you can sit in it and say, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But sometimes you're like David and you just— Kind of wonder why, and I, you know, I got to get my 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 ashes and my sackcloth, and I just got to go through this. But a lady at our church named Renee Washington, uh, God rest her soul, she came up to us one Sunday after church, and she said, "God said that He's going to give you guys kids," mm-hmm. and we were like, "Okay, well, maybe we'll look into adopting." Now that's that's what we were thinking, and then on that Mother's Day. Risha found out she was pregnant with our oldest. Oh, wow. And she was our miracle baby. And there's six years between her and number two. And then between two, three, and four, 18 months apart. So God was working a miracle (laughs) every 18 months. And then, of course, we have our number five. So the kids are Haley, Peyton, Jojo, Reese, and Nora. There's a little pause there because... Multiples, they kind of throw you off just a little bit. I love that you number. I do the same thing. I have five children, and I call them one, two, three, four, five. Yes. Like, it's easy. Like, the number two. Because, honestly, it's confusing for other people because I sometimes call them by the wrong name, and I, I know that other people don't know which one's which. Right. And so I'll do that. I call them. I'll say, my number two child, my number three child. So. Yes, yes. So it just mentally, like you said, it's easier to put them in their right spot. So God, God is really, he's really blessed us. Uh, one thing that we 
learned is that marriage is a continual journey. I tell people all the time, uh, being a husband and being a father are two of the hardest things that I am doing in life. Speaking of that, you do a billion things. And by (laughs) billion, I mean many, many. So just rattle off a few of the things that you're doing right now. Oh, goodness. So I guess I co-pastor at the church with my dad. I've been doing that since about 2015. I started in 2009 as just a youth, and then he had some health issues in 2015. He said, I need you to help me out mm-hmm. for about 12 weeks. And, and that turned into uh, he and I pastoring together, which is just a thrill to be able to sit and watch my dad, watch me mm-hmm. talk about God. And that's, that's who special. I— Yeah, it's very special because that's who I learned about God from. So mm-hmm. that means a lot to me. In 2000—I can't remember when Hurricane Harvey came. 2017. 2017, Hurricane (laughs) Hurricane Harvey came, and I was sitting around the house, and my oldest daughter says, Daddy, we need to do something to help people. And I I didn't have a boat. I didn't have—so I called my cousin, and we cleared out our pantry because we had the ability and the resources to run to the store and restock. And we got everything that we could, and we just started going around the neighborhood— and helping people. And then I made a video using some of my son's toys and some of the water that was flowing into the drain, you know, just trying to provide some comic relief. And, you know, I was like, turn around, don't drown. And people started calling me the weatherman. <laughs> the weatherman. And, yeah. And the I've video. seen those videos and they are <laughs> so funny. The video got shared. And to my surprise, uh, it reached a lady in Atlanta who was involved at the time with the Real Housewives of Atlanta and her grandfather was a man named Hosea Williams, and he started an organization called Hosea Helps, and they sent four tractor trailers full of supplies to the J.D. Walker Community Center, and we were able to, with support from other organizations in Baytown, we were able to just let people come and get what they needed for almost two weeks. That's so cool. And so from that moment, uh, that helped birth Community Works. Because I just felt a calling and a passion to help those who may need a hand. You know, I I don't really care for the term less fortunate because I can look over my life and even right now with everything that God's blessed me with, I can see some things that I'm less fortunate. But I like to say you're just lending a helping hand. So uh, Community Works was birthed from that. You're continuing your education. I'm I'm continuing my education. Uh, when will you graduate? I graduate in May. Yay! That's awesome. I graduate in May. And I'm taking 21 hours, and people say, how Whoa. are you doing that with kids? You just you don't even think about it. You just you just kind of go. and Because uh, you also work with a local school district. Like, you have a real, like a job yes, job, yes, too. Yes, In fact, these are your other things besides your job that you've mentioned yeah, so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, wor- I work for a grade school district that allows me to love people every day. Yeah, I just, you know. Well, also, I, you didn't mention, too, that you're a TikTok star. <laughs> you need to talk about pro-marriage tips. Yeah, speaking, you've mentioned marriage a couple times. I know you need to drop some pro-marriage tips. Yes, go go to TikTok and go to pro-marriage tips. I, I like to call myself a marriage guru. If you enjoy <laughs> sleeping on the couch as a husband and you enjoy your time in the doghouse, a.k.a. Your, your man cave, if you try these pro-marriage tips, I guarantee you that's where you'll end up. You, I, can, I can assure you from a female perspective that he is 
tell him the truth <laughs> that his chips will get you in this much hot water yes, as you've ever yes, been they in. Will. Yes, but they're they will. honestly they're funny. I love to watch. I love them. that Risha is such a funny part of it too. Yeah. Like I don't know if it's like y'all practice that or if oh, she, no. you just surprise her with it. But her reactions are so funny. I'm like, yeah, oh Risha, you are way too sweet. You yeah, can tell she's, she's so... the mom of five because she talks with her face. Like yeah. she didn't have to say anything. Her face, like you can read everything she's yes, thinking in her yes, face. So yes. I love it. They're they're fun. So whenever you need a laugh, go TikTok and find him, and it's uh, you will have some fun. It, it, it was it was interesting, uh, but the the reactions are definitely. <laughs> Definitely real, and there's an off-camera price that I pay, but, you know, <laughs> it's it's worth it when we're able to go back a week or two later, and she can laugh at it. She so. can laugh at it yeah. later. The chicken one coming into the house, I was like, oh, no, he didn't. Oh, yes, he did. Oh, my gosh, poor Risha. I would have died if Chris brought a real chicken into the house. <laughs> she loves perfect. the eggs now, though. Okay, well, <laughs> there you go. That's a bonus. <laughs> well, share a little bit about, I know when we first met you, you were a dad of Two of our day school Two, kids. yes. So um, Peyton was here and JoJo yes, was here. Yes. And we would greet you at the door and welcome you in. And you were always so warm and so friendly. And then baby Reese was born. And she'll yes. always be baby Reese to me. Yeah. And I was like, can I just hold her so you don't have to carry that all the way down the hall? And Pastor John reached out to you and a friendship was formed there. Yes. And during that day school time, I know you went through some health issues mm-hmm. where you had to hang on to hope. And God yeah. came through in such a mighty and powerful way. You want to share a little bit about Absolutely. that story with us? Absolutely. I think for me, being here, sitting with you guys, and sharing this part of my life, which is for me such an inspiration, I think it's like a coming full circle thing because part of the hope that I received from God in that moment came from Cedar Bayou Grace. Oh. Miss Gina Hoover was the daycare director at the time, and we were telling her we looked at. Um, so let me let me slow down and back up a little bit. So 2018 October, I was sitting in the bed and I felt this like numbness in my uh, lip, and I was like, "Man, something's going on with with my mouth. It's like real numb and tingly." And so Risha was like, "Well, let's check your blood pressure." And all that was fine, and I still. Felt it, and then I got, like, the worst headache I've ever had in my life. And so she was like, we're going to the ER. We went to the ER. They sent us to San Jacinto, and they ran a battery of tests. And that next morning, the doctor came in with news that just changed my life forever. He said, we found a spot on your brain. We don't know enough about it here, but you need to get to MD Anderson as quick as you can. And I, I, I waited no time. I called MD Anderson. And from the very beginning, God was, like, working things out in my favor. Um, when I called MD Anderson, the lady could hear the fear, the anxiety, the pain, the stress. She heard all that in my voice. And she said, I'm, I'm going to help you just relax. And she put me with the best doctor in the nation that specialized in brain tumors. So we're going through that. We leave the appointment, and we come back to day school prepared to make a really tough decision because Cedar Bayou Grace and, and day school had become more than friends. It was like it was like family, family. you know, like mm-hmm. uh, John and I, we talked and saw each other in the gym, and then we developed a friendship where we were hanging out regularly. So you guys were like family to us. But when we saw the 
for us, the insurmountable number attached to what was going to help save my life or be the process for saving my life, we knew that because of everything that I was getting ready to go through, going to work for me was not going to be an option. We knew that Risha was going to, being in education, have to miss more than her allotted days, and she would end up being docked for days that she was off. So with three kids going to daycare here, we didn't see how we were going to be able to afford it. So we we told Gina that some things had come up, and we were going to have to pull the kids out. And we thought that was going to be the end of the conversation. And she was like, no, you're not. (laughs) What's going on? So we sat down, and we talked, and... She prayed with us. We cried together right there in the in the cafeteria at the at the old church. And then she said, "Give me till tomorrow before you make the decision to move the kids." And she talked to the persons that were um, in a position to make a decision that provided a blessing for my family and I more than you guys could ever know and more than we could repay. And she came back and she said, we're going to cover tuition for the rest of the year. You just keep bringing those sweet kids and don't let that be a worry on your mind. And, I mean, you talk about, like, tears flowing like waterfalls Mm -hmm. because it was just, like, that extension of of love was something that she didn't have to do. It was something that Cedar Bayou Grace didn't have to do. And so being here talking about that moment, um, it's kind of surreal because that was the first— point of, you know what, I think God can get us through this. That's right. And and sometimes when you're going through your darkest moments and things are the heaviest, it's not always these big grand things like like you see in the Bible sometimes. Sometimes it's like those little small things that you don't think would be the thing to give you hope that boosts you and says, you know what, let's let's take this journey. So here we are on this journey with me and this brain tumor, and I'm I'm I walked in MD Anderson, 34 years old, and I'm one of the youngest persons in there, and I'm just I'm like God, I'm not supposed to be here, I'm not supposed to be here, and and God never answered me. Mm-hmm. The first day we went to that appointment. We're sitting in the lobby, my wife and I and my parents. Uh, we're a close-knit family, and they they were determined to be there with us every step of the way. And we're sitting in the lobby, and this lady sitting across the way, she gets up, and she starts walking my way. And I'm I'm thinking to myself, gosh, I, I don't want to hear any encouragement. I don't want any <laughs> prayers. Like I just kind of want to be left alone right now and deal with this moment. And she says... You guys have a sweet spirit. My husband's getting ready to go into surgery. Do you mind praying with us? Oh, wow. And that was the complete opposite of what I thought she was going to say. And I looked at Risha, and we were like, sure. So we moved over, and we sat by them, and we prayed with them, and we we ministered to them. And Risha held his hand, and I held her hand, and she held his hand. And there the four of us were, you know, my wife and I holding this elderly white couple's hand. And it was just an instant connection. And every time I went to an appointment, someone was asking me, to pray for them, and I was like, I, I'm, I'm here. I can somebody come pray for me. <laughs> I need prayers too. But right? yeah, but you know, it's God always does things to show you that hey, 
I have a purpose for everything that I do. And, and this whole time I'm going through this, I, I didn't say, I didn't say anything to my church. I'm going every Sunday. I'm preaching. I'm preaching every Wednesday. I'm doing weddings and baptisms and baby dedications and funerals. And I, and I never said anything because I didn't want anyone to say, hey, I'm going to start praying for you. If you were already praying for me, then those prayers were good enough. And I didn't, I didn't want sympathy. I didn't want people treating me differently because of this. I wanted everybody to just hold fast to their faith because that's what I was holding on to, my faith and my hope that God is really this healer. So I'm going every Sunday, and I'm telling people about this God who can heal, who can save, who can deliver, who can restore. And I'm every Sunday going home in need of these things. And one day I hit a breaking point. I was sitting at the house, and my wife was looking for me, and I was just sitting in the closet crying because I just, I didn't think I could go on. And she, I thought that she was going to come over and hug on me and love on me. And she walked over and she said, what are you doing? And I said, I don't know. I'm thinking about my kids. And all I can think about is, gosh, I'm going to die. Oh, gosh. And I'm thinking I'm going to die. These kids aren't going to know me. And I, so my, my, and these are, these are real emotions that you experience when you go through these types of things. And my wife looked at me and she said, get up. <laughs> and I was like, what? Why is, she, why is she being so forceful? She's like, get up. This is not what we do. We live. And we stand on God. And she looked me in the eyes and she grabbed my hands and she said, nothing but faith. And I got up, and we, all the way there, we said nothing but faith. That's the only thing we said to each other that next day on the way to MD Anderson. And I'm laying in the MRI machine, and those appointments were so long. You get there at 5 o'clock in the morning, and you don't leave till almost 3 p.m. So I'm, I'm laying in the MRI machine. I'm hungry because I haven't been able to eat anything. <laughs> and, and I just, you know, I kind of... I got a little frustrated with God because I was like, God, where where are you? And then he put a song on my heart, and, and I'm, I am not a singer. I am not a singer, but the song was Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Light in the Darkness. That is who you are. And I just I got stuck on a couple of lines, and I'm laying there, and then all of a sudden God shows me all of these moments in my life where he's blessed me, mm-hmm. where he's opened doors for me, where he's provided opportunities for me that I didn't take, oh, wow. that I let pass by because I disqualified myself because, well, I don't have this degree yet. Well, I haven't done this long enough. And I disqualified myself with things that I knew God was speaking to me about. And God said, you've given yourself all the reasons why you can't. Now it's time to start giving yourself the reasons that you can and from that, I started a public speaking thing called Why Not You? And, and that's when I go speak, that's my message to people. Why not you? Why, why can't you be the one to be successful? Why can't you be the one to change and, and break curses from your family and, and start afresh and start anew? And I, I, I just, my faith from that moment, I was like, okay, God, I, I, am, I am resting in you 100%. It was like this new energy that I felt from God laying in that MRI machine. And I had a new outlook. And I was like, you know what? I'm not saying that death won't get me because I know we all have a time. But 
this isn't it. And um, we went to an appointment a week before Thanksgiving. My surgery was scheduled for December 17th. And I didn't want that, but I didn't want to push it back because I didn't want to be in the hospital for Christmas. And that's what my children see at Christmas. So I was praying. I was like, God, you got to heal me before Christmas. (laughs) So I, I, I will never forget this. I was on the phone with a good friend of mine who's also my COO of Community Works, Mr. Willis Johnson. And he he was calling me so much, encouraging me and praying for me. I was like, "Hey, that's that's enough. Leave Jesus alone. We've talked, we've bothered him <laughs> enough this week." But he didn't stop, and he called me. He's like, "Hey, I'm just checking on you. I was calling you to pray for you." And while we were talking, and he was praying for me for God to heal me, I got a call on the other line, and it was my doctor. And he said, "Mr. Gray, are you sitting down?" And my heart sank because you I bet you, you never, never what you want to hear. Yeah. yeah, not when they ask you if you're sitting down. And we were pulling in Lupe Tortilla. I'll never forget this. We're pulling in Lupe Tortilla on 1960. Shout out if y'all want to send some uh, some coupons this way. I become a sponsor. <laughs> That's right. Of the yeah, become a sponsor of the podcast. We're pulling in, and uh, my doctor calls me and he says, "Mr. Gray, are you sitting down?" I said, "Yes." He says, "Well, the team and I were looking at your scans, and we were looking at your tumor, and we don't know what happened, but it shrank." And it was honestly hard to find. So we've determined that you don't need surgery. And I just, that was one of those thank you God moments where you don't care who hears it. It's like, you know, when David said, I just, I just started dancing. The next thing you know, I was out of all my clothes. It was literally, (laughs) it was literally one of those moments. Like people were in the parking lot and in the waiting area of Lupe Tortilla looking at me say, thank you, Jesus. So loud. They were, they were looking at me like something is wrong (laughs) with this guy. But you know, I'm just thinking if you knew what I knew Mm -hmm. and you had been where I've been, I think you'd feel the same way. So that's 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 that story, and you know, you st- I still go for my appointments. I still go for my yearly, and thank God the healing is still there. And my hope is that God will use my story to inspire others and encourage others. And and I try to I try to always speak from that moment. Prior to that, when you when I would encounter difficult moments in life, I would let them get the best of me. But when you are literally going through something where you face death every day or the idea that you might not know when your last day is going to be, it gave me a new outlook on life. And I said, you know what? I'm going to wake up every day and I'm going to sow seeds of love and I'm going to smile at people and I'm going to be kind to people and I'm just going to love this thing called life and I try to do that every day. Working at the school, you can't talk about Jesus, but I can smile and my smile can say Jesus. Oh, I can absolutely. I can say good morning sure. and my good morning can say God loves you. Mm-hmm. And, and I try to do that. And when people say, I don't know what it is about you, but I know what it is. <laughs> it's It's me allowing God to radiate through me. And I don't have to beat you over the head with the Bible or scriptures for you to see the love of God in me and for you to experience his love. And and so I tell people all the time, God won't waste any part of your story if you'll be open enough to allow him to use it. So that's that season of my life. It was tough, but uh, God brought me through that. And my hope is that someone I, I start every Sunday like this. 
I say my hope and my prayer is this, that something is said to you today to bless you, to strengthen you, to encourage you, and to remind you that God loves you. So I share my story with that same hope that it reminds somebody that God loves them and that he cares for them much more than they can even imagine. Absolutely. I love that you understand that your story is to be stewarded, that every experience, the good ones, the bad yes. ones. You know, I, I bonded with Risha over, we shared having multiple miscarriages. And so I got to know her and in, in talking through that and just, she ministered to me and I hope in some way that I ministered to her through through some of that. And so that's kind of where our little friendship um, blossomed. In your story, there were a couple of things you said that really um, resonated with me. One, when you talked about how people did small things early on, that was your first sign of yes. God seeing you. It reminds me that when God prompts us to go talk to somebody else, yeah. to find resources, to help, to to do something for someone else who's in a, a hard situation in life, that we need to spring into action. Absolutely. And be a part of that because that's God's hope that he is bringing through us to that other person. Yes, yes. And who doesn't want to be the bearer of hope for yeah. somebody who's in a hard time? Because we all want to be the recipient of that hope when we're in a hard time. And so, you know, as the body of Christ, that's what we do for, for each other and for others in the world is to be able to to just jump in and to be the bearers of hope for people. So. It, yeah. Sometimes we're the bringers of that hope as much as we can experience that for ourselves. Another thing that you said was how um, when you were in the MRI machine and God was giving you you know, these images and that part of the way we receive God's hope is that God is a God of second chances. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. And he showed you these chances that you might have skipped over. Um, because you disqualified yourself, yes. because you couldn't see what God could see that's in you. That's right, that's right. And that's another way God brings hope to us is through second chances. So yes. anybody who's ever had a second chance at anything can say, I've been the recipient of God's hope because God is a God that brings it through these second chances. Yeah. And, and I, uh, <laughs> I did a sermon like a year ago, and it was one that I had preached before. I said, he's the God of a second chance. And I said, I'm not going to say a second chance. I'm going to say another chance because I can look at some times where I've wasted my second chance and, <laughs> and he gave me another and chance and, and another chance. But that's the beauty of the cross. Like it's a chance to begin again. Yes, and right. and I, I love that. Yes. Yes. What so. words of wisdom would you have for somebody who's at home listening to your story thinking, yeah, sure, man, but you don't understand I've had this happen time and time again, and God didn't come through for me like he did for you. How do I hang on to my hope then? I, I, I would say this. I first acknowledge that if you're in that place, that's a hard spot to be in, and that's tough, and it's difficult. But one thing that I have found out, even prior to going through this brain tumor, is that wherever you are, there's no hiding from his love. Amen. He is capable of finding you. And and the one thing that I think I would share is that I love that God gave me the space to go through those emotions and to feel that way. Because sometimes, you know, church, and I, I try to remind myself not to do it from the pulpit, but God is a God of love. Mm -hmm. He's a God of compassion, and he's a God that loves you where you are. So even if you are in that spot, he loves you. And the very fact that you are saying, yeah, but, 
means that you haven't given up yet. There you go. Yeah. I love the Psalms for that reason, that every emotion known to man is yes. expressed in Scripture in some way. Yes. And just because I feel a certain, not every feeling is a fact. That's what I have to remind yeah. myself. Not every feeling is I a like fact. That. And I can feel a certain way, but the fact is God still knows and God's still going to do something good because that's who God is. Yes. Somehow something good will happen yes. and we can cling on to that. Absolutely. Because we all have a story where things didn't work out. Yeah. We yeah. all do. You yes, have a story. I have Absolutely. a story. Melissa has a story. We all have a story. But what we can learn is that even when it doesn't work out, even in those darkest days, that God still brings together things and will weave it together in a way that at some point, yeah. maybe not in this life even sometimes, but at some point it will make sense to us. Yep. I agree. That's so good. Well, we are so glad that you said yes to coming and sharing your story. Thank you for having me. I know that God will just work through that to, to bless someone that's listening to that, and we appreciate that. We just thank you so much for thank coming and for being a awesome. part of the Backyard Chat podcast. Yeah. It's, it's been fun just to get to hear more of your story, and I know that it'll be a blessing to a lot of people. So thanks for coming well, and chatting with that's us. That's my prayer, and thank you guys for thinking enough of me to say, hey, you want to come talk to us for a while? Well, like you said, we see something special in you because we see Jesus in you wherever you go. And thank you. you are a treasured friend. I love you all, too. <laughs> if you don't want to miss a single episode of the Backyard Chat podcast, be sure to follow the show in your Apple podcast app by clicking on the three dots in the top right corner of your screen. And if you're feeling really adventurous, click on the arrow to share the show with all your friends. We'll be back next week. And, and we, we can't, can't wait, wait to, to chat, chat with you. you.